Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. We have something special for all of you today. It's called the stages of learning or the stages of mastery. Now, some of you have been exposed to this before, especially if you are a rabid listener to this podcast, as tens of thousands of you are. And for the rest of you, well, you're going to really enjoy this. The reason that this is very beneficial, and we're going to present all this to you on today's show, so make sure you're paying close attention. We're going to make it as... uh, as less as the least amount of nerdishness as we can really <laughs> we'll denerd it for you we'll denerd it as much as much as we can but really here's what the benefit to you from when you listen to this how you'll benefit and it's not just you personally but it's you know anyone that you are experience that you run across who gives up too soon frankly who has a tendency to pop from one thing to another there's certainly a lot of that in life and real estate in particular So when you run across people like this, you're going to, or if you're like this, you're going to be able to refer back to what we're about to share with you. And I think it's going to give you a better sense of direction. So before we get to the first stage of mastery, I want to share with you something that Julie and I coined years ago. And frankly, this, once we understood these stages of mastery, it actually was the impetus of us actually coining this phrase. And here it is. Ready? And those of you who are longtime listeners to this podcast will know what I'm about to say, right? You're going to say it with me. Collect tens of thousands of you are saying it right now. If you want ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, here it is. You have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, here's what we're going to share with you. It doesn't have to be awful as long as you're understanding that pretty much everything that you want in life is going to take longer and it's going to take more effort than you think it should, or frankly, that you, you a lot of you have been led to believe it will uh, take. Especially if you're going to do it, and the third part of that saying, at the highest level. See, the whole saying is you've got to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. There's three parts. So most people struggle a lot with doing it when you don't want to do it because if we're being honest, there's a whole lot of stuff in real estate you don't ever want to do. Life. Not to, Exactly. Not to mention do it consistently. That's the when you don't want to do it because probably you'll never want to do it. And then there's the working on the skills, which brings us to this podcast topic, your stages of mastery, because that's where the doing it at the highest level comes in. And that's where all of the success lies. And here's what some of you are going to feel conflict. And I just want to express to you and and, and share with you why. And I'll start with a story about one of our coaching clients. One of our coaching clients on Instagram uh, put a quote up from Julie and I, and it was just what we just said to you. If you want ever increasing levels of success in business and personal life, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, right? And she'd been following that and guess what? Achieving success. So uh, somebody in her comments, because she's uh, at symbol Julie and I, so we could acknowledge the fact that she was using one of our quotes, which was great. And in one of the comments, someone started kind of ribbing her about how it's terrible advice, how you have to follow your passion. When you follow your passion, the money will automatically follow and all these sort of woo-woo mindset-y points, which was moving away from the simple fact that if you want ever-increasing levels of success, you really do have to earn it. 
And this person was, at least from their, maybe they didn't actually think like this, or probably they did, based on what they commented on, they didn't really understand the importance of actually working through when you don't feel passionate for something. So let's just kind of break those, that element down, just so that those of you who are going to find some of what we're about to share with you somewhat uh, confronting, I'm going to give you the other side of it, all right? So if you believe that you have to be passionate about something to be successful in that thing, that means that when you're no longer feeling the passion for that particular thing, that you're automatically going to pop off and go do something else. And I just want you to internalize what I just said, because that's unfortunately what happens to most of you. You'll start on something. I'm going to start on this. I'm going to start on that. I see it happening with our almost nine-year-old. She'll show in, and it's okay. She's almost nine, right? She's allowed to have a million different interests. She's still figuring herself out. But by the time she's an adult, she shouldn't be going from a million different interests. She should have been focused in on really where she can provide the most value for you know herself and for her, for really, you know, humanity in general. That's really her our job as her parents is helping her become the best version of herself. So if you find yourself going from one shiny object to another, to another, to another, which is very common in real estate, and there's gazillions of people making gazillions of dollars trying to sell you guys the easy button. Because they know that about you. Exactly. And again, it's not just real estate people. It's everybody, right? Everyone's the, is it the red pill or the blue pill? Which is the easy way for me to lose the weight, right? This is the full, this is the mindset that comes from if you don't, if it, uh, you lose passion for it, if you don't have passion for it, you stop doing it. And passion is a fleeting emotion, the essence of what we're trying to express to you. Passion is something that you do not feel consistently about anything. And you will feel it about the hobbies. You'll feel about hopefully you pe the people you love and all those types of things. But if you're trying to manifest a sense of passion in what you're trying to do for your profession in order for you to be successful at your profession, then what's going to happen is even if you are uh, good at manifesting that sense of passion for that particular activity you're doing in your job, in your profession, it's waning because it's an emotion. And you're going to have to accept the fact that emotions really do come and they go. Emotions are fleeting. I mean, your emotions will change during this podcast. Half hour, 45 minutes together today, you're going to find your emotional state is going to change many times. So if you're in conflict with the concept of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level to achieve ever-increasing levels of success, if that's in conflict with your life philosophy or the approach you've had to life, we'll suggest you this one thing. Be passionate about what comes from the success that you have derived from your profession because with the money and the success, then you can drive that towards your passions. Julie, can you explain that? Well, absolutely. And then, curiously, you'll start loving what you do more, but you can't create that first. You have to do the work first, get the results. And that's the frustrating thing in real estate, right? Because it's, it's seemingly unpredictable, and yet there are things that you can do to get control of it. Explain, for example, your musical background. I'll tee it up for you because you don't sure. like to Sure. And this, by the way, is in the Harris Rules book. If you guys don't have that yet, you can get it on Amazon. Right. Get it at, you know, over 500 five-star reviews. Amazon, one of the best time, one of the best-selling real estate books of all time called Harris Rules. And one of the things that Julie uh, talks about, and I'm going to tee it up for her because she doesn't feel want to feel like she's bragging, actually, is that Julie was a professional musician. She's played in orchestra. She's been recorded. She's done all these things, and she did it at a very high level. She became a professional. And then she decided, well, maybe this is the path I'm going to follow. And this is while we were in real estate, by the way. So we were selling all these homes in real estate. We sold over 100 homes our first year. And she was still doing you know, her passion. She was still following this passion she had. But she had a pivotal turn on the road when she went to talk with um, Phyllis and Randy Hester, who were the first chairs of the Columbus Symphony Orchestra, and ask them what happens down the road. Yes. Well, and in fact, in that particular conversation, because I still thought 
that I was still in the whole follow your passion stage, I was thinking that that's what the right thing to do was. And I wasn't really that receptive as some of you guys aren't always ready until you have an aha moment. They said, well, you know, you got to really think about that commitment because there's a difference between, you know, doing a few concerts here and there that you really love and you had a great time versus doing it as a job. Right. And so I never thought of that before that they thought of it in a different way. They weren't just gung ho about every last thing. They said, you know, there's things that we don't like to play sometimes. There's places we don't like to go. There's a whole lot of practice involved. There's, you know, this and that, that are not all of what you think. And I thought about that for a while and I still resisted for quite some time. Years. Until I ran into, as I I was playing in some other things and running into people who I would say, I wouldn't say I was a professional. I'd say I was a good amateur that was playing with some professionals sometimes. So I told the listeners, I told you that Julie doesn't like to actually say that, but Jules, if you got paid to play, you are by definition a professional and you got paid to play. I appreciate that. But I was running into people who were going from uh, concert to concert, job to job, so to speak. And some of them, which surprised me, were kind of, let's just say, not that passionate about it. They were passionate musicians, but they weren't passionate about what they were doing because it was a job. It was a grind. It was exactly what we talk about. You got to do what you don't want to do, and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And passion became not that much to do with it, right? And then the pivotal thing, which I talk about in the Harris Rules book, and I'll try and make this quick. Uh, is when I went to, you and I went to a Howard Britton thing where there was a talent show for real estate agents, to which, of course, I was very skeptical. Like, what is this? We're going to talk scripts again? No, it had nothing to do with real estate. And I remember there were several people, most of whom we're still friends with, uh, that had, like, one of them uh, was a great stand-up comedian. One of them was a, uh, would sing and accompany himself on guitar. And they, they weren't just, like, okay at it. They were really great at it. And that was the aha moment where I thought, okay, well, maybe I can be, maybe I can pivot to not just thinking about real estate as something that you do, but something I can have passion about so that I can then do this when I felt like it versus making that my vocation. So the job was, it. Be, you circled back around and you realized ultimately being successful at real estate fueled your passions. Yes. And in fact, I became more passionate about uh, music because I didn't have to do it. You see, it gives you freedom. You can have choices. A lot of you guys, we have a lot of coaching clients that are very good at other things, right? But real estate is what fuels those things. So the thing you've got to accept the fact is, and we're going to walk you through this. There are certain ways you can shortcut the four stages of learning. And it's going to have to a lot. You're going to have to essentially be really open and willing to accept what you don't know. And that's the second level, which we're going to share with you in a second. But do understand that everything in life worth having is going to take a hell of a lot longer than you think it should. There's a funny quote from uh, Matthew McConaughey, and he says, mm, yeah. "Life is barely long enough to get what good." I'm sorry, life is barely long enough to get good at any one thing. And then he said, "You know, choose wisely." In other words, what he True. was saying was. If you're going to constantly go, well, today I'm a real estate agent. Tomorrow I'm a cobbler. Tomorrow I'm going to, next day I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the other thing. You're never going to get, you're never going to stay in something long enough to become good at it. And you're never really going to experience meaningful success. And I realized this falls in the face. And this is the point I was trying to make of what you're being sold and told and what really is, you know, essentially the, I think in the zeitgeist of the modern culture that all of a sudden you get your real estate license. And the next thing you know, you're leaning on purple Lamborghinis because you're an Instagram star. You guys get the point? That's all fake. It's narcissistic, essentially look at me, garbanzo beans, and it's not in alignment with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is, which is being of service to other people. So here are your four stages of learning. And as we go through this, 
uh, or the four stages of mastery said it's expressed both ways. We want you to really take one specific thing. I'm going to give you that specific thing. I want you, as we're going through this, to think of yourself, ask yourself this question. If you, you want to become a really powerful listing agent, you want your business to be primarily focused on your ability to every single day set a pre-qualified listing appointment and take a listing. So I want you to think about that. If your business was like that, if your essentially whole life was geared towards that particular consistent goal, how much better would your life be? What would you stop doing if you knew you could consistently lead generate like that? So as we're going through these four stages, open your mind to the realization that that could be you. That's the primary focus of our coaching business. We do talk about building teams and staff and marketing and lead generation. We do talk about scripts and listing presentations and pre-listing packs and FISBOs expires. We talk about all that stuff. But what our heart and soul is focused on of our business is definitely teaching all of you guys to be powerful listing agents. Because when you have a when you have listings, you have leverage. So as we roll through each of these four stages, open your mind and Julie and I will give you other examples from coaching clients to hopefully will make it so these thoughts seed in your brain. So Julie, yes. the first level. So with each level, we're going to give you an example that you can relate to, the stimulus to help you learn faster and the goal and help you coach yourself through this. Okay, so unconscious incompetence. This is when the individual does not understand or know how to do something and does not necessarily recognize the deficit. We would say people who don't know what they don't know, right? They don't even recognize that this is an issue. They may even deny the usefulness of the skill. The individual must recognize their own incompetence and the value of the new skill before moving on to the next stage. You can't skip this stage. The length of time somebody spends in this stage depends on their own desire to learn and improve. So here's a, a valid example that some of you will relate to. Let's say an agent has never had to compete on a listing. They only work with referrals, friends, and, re and family, repeat and referral primarily. They don't see a need for a pre-listing package or a formal listing presentation. They don't pre-qualify. They probably don't use any scripts. They have been reasonably successful. They sometimes believe that they already must have that skill because they've done okay so far. Some of you might be having those thoughts. Or frankly, some of you have never even uh, gone on uh, consistent listing appointments and you don't have, you don't know what you don't know. And, and unfortunately, how you're going to discover what you don't know is when you go on a listing appointment with your mom and she ends up listing with your competitor. That's called the stimulus to learn. <laughs> so like Tim said, all right, losing a deal, a listing, a buyer to somebody who's more professional. Almost always, this is a shocking surprise to somebody who is in unconscious incompetence. Remember, they didn't believe that they had any reason to upgrade their skills until something surprises them. So here's the goal. That kind of agent has to learn to set more appointments so they see the need to upgrade their skills. More experience will shine the light on the deficits. But here's the problem or the challenge. If it takes too long to experience the loss of a deal or a listing, the agent might stay in the stage forever. And that's what we're experiencing in the industry right now. That is basically the most important salient point of today's uh, presentation because most of you, 99% of you, have never really had to learn how to compete. You think competing is basically who's going to turn out most social media posts. That is yeah. not actually... And, and that's the, the market gave you that buoyancy. That right. wasn't necessarily your fault because how would you have known? I mean, you could have been in real estate for 10 years and never had that thought. And so how long are you going to stay in the in that level? Uh, how many opportunities are you going to lose? You don't know the opportunities you're losing because, frankly, you don't have the skill set this new market's going to demand. And I'm not saying that to be uh, you know overly confrontational. Hopefully, 
you know, again, if you are feeling uh, confronted in a almost too much uh, perspective, it's because you are unconsciously incompetent and you about the opportunities this market presents, the skills that are necessary in this market, and you are doing your best to keep that uh, the same because you don't want to have to change. The don't want to have to change element will absolutely 100% put you out of business and make it so life just gets by you on a multitude of levels. The, and you could also, for those of you who have studied ego before, uh, we are doing a series of uh, videos on YouTube if you want to watch those videos uh, where we interviewed Ryan Halliday for like two hours who mm-hmm. wrote a great book called Ego is the Enemy. We talked a lot, obviously, over two hours about the ego issue. And so if you feel when Julie says, for example, you know, calling a FISBO, if your initial reaction was hell to the no, I will never call a FISBO, you know, that rhymed. To the no. I yeah, call Fizbo, right. You know? So if that's you, well, that is your ego basically making it so that you're not even wanting to deal with the fact that you don't actually know how to be successful calling a for sale by owner or doing something else proactive as far as lead generation. And you can just imagine what the down, you know, the momentum that comes from living in a life where you're only going to do the easy things, where you're only going to do the things you're passionate about, quote unquote. Mm-hmm where you're only going to do the, you know, you're going to go from shiny object, shiny object. You're never going to accumulate enough skill set. You're never going to earn the right to be very successful. And that's really what it is. I remember Julie and I were presenting in Hawaii um, in front of a group called Elite Broker or something. And somebody in the audience was, you know, setting up the scenario for why well, I went on this listing appointment and I didn't take the listing. So I asked him a bunch of, and he said, well, why do you, he gave me some details and he said, uh, you know, why don't you think I took the listing? And I, you know, I was, he was wanting me to go through and you give him this little finite analytical answer. But the answer was, is because, and this is what I told him. I said, because the seller thought the other agent offered a better value because you didn't earn the right to be the listing agent. Those are the words that I used. And he just stared at me because he wasn't used to someone being that honest with him. He was wanting me to say, well, did you do a virtual tour or did you tell him, did you tell him about your social media campaign? The real reason was, is because what he was offering them was essentially not enough for that seller to want to list with them. And it wasn't the avalanche of marketing and virtual tours and social media. It was his ability to actually get at the root of what was important to the seller. And again, it goes back to having enough knockout punches. And I'll tell you what he did. He wrote me one of the nicest, mm-hmm. longest, you know, super long letters. Mm-hmm. He just came up and gave it to me the next day. And it was one of the most thoughtful, considerate things that anyone's ever given me as a real estate coach. And he was thanking me for cutting through his ego and through his bullshit and confronting him in front of all those people, which at the point at at that moment, he was mortified. But it was the answer. If you're not successful at this level of success you wish you had, it's because there's something inside of you. Your ego basically is the easy button to try to explain it. And again, watch those videos on YouTube and you'll discover that, yes, indeed, uh, you are shutting your mind off and you're shutting your essentially future down to the opportunities that are in real estate, especially because of this market. So make a list of all the things. Well, you probably you know don't know what you're in con- what you're unconsciously incompetent about, uh, but you will discover them. Unfortunately, most of you the hard way. And that is the next level, which is well, called conscious incompetence. That's right. So I would say that list would be the things you are actively avoiding might give you a clue. But if they, I'll but say they'll know what they're actively avoiding when they go to the second, the second level. Part. Exactly. That's so right. th- the second part okay. is conscious. Conscious incompetence. So the first one was, you don't know what you don't know. Now the second one is, where you're starting to realize what you don't know. (laughs) That's right. So this is conscious incompetence. Though the individual does not understand or know how to do something, you at least recognize the deficit. 
That's the conscious part of competence. I'm sorry, of incompetence. As well as the value of a new skill in addressing the deficit. The making of mistakes can be integral in the learning process at this stage. Lots of trial and error. That means things like actually going on a listing appointment that freaks you out, right? Some other examples. The agent has now seen the light. Immediate needs are the following. They've got to set more appointments to reinforce the need for those new skills. It's okay if mistakes are made. Maybe you go on three times the listing appointments and you only take one or two. At least you'll know what you're doing wrong eventually. Earn while you learn mentality. Lose some along the way, but find out why and fix it. Okay, you went a little too fast on that one. What some of you are going to do when you're in the conscious and competent phase, the hazards on this phase are that you're going to start latching on to bad ideas. And that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to think yeah. the reason I'm not uh, conscious, the, what I have to do now, now that I know I don't know a lot, I'm going to then start doing a lot of things uh, that are like social media, for example. or I must brand- need to make more videos, Exactly. Right? That's what you're going to convince yourself that you need to do. So what you haven't done is actually explored whether the idea is actually going to help you accomplish your goal. You're just gravitating towards, again, something that you think is going to make you feel passionate, right? You're going to gravitate towards something that's going to make it so that you don't have to actually ever confront your ego's fear of rejection. That's the heart of the reason that people will or won't become successful is their ability. Everyone, It always hurts to hear the word no and to be rejected. But the fact is, and it doesn't really get easier. It just always kind of hurts. But you just cut kind of numb to it. You just develop calluses to it over time because you know you're going to get back on the horse and you're going to keep on actually going downstream. And that's really the bottom line. Yeah, I think this is where agents, this stage is probably where they are most susceptible to people trying to put a Band-Aid on their problems, right? So I know something's wrong. I'm not taking the appointments and maybe I'm not setting them. If I set them, I'm not taking the listing. I'm, I'm feeling desperate to do something, so I'm going to go try whatever somebody's pitching. Well, they look on. for shortcuts, right? Exactly. So they're going to get an email. You're, you're now realizing that you know real estate's not what you thought it was, and you're going to get an email. Someone's going to try to offer to sell you leads. And you're going to go, well, that's all buy leads. Well, why don't you, instead of you know frankly falling prey to that and getting on that uh, you know never-ending hamster wheel, why don't you instead decide to learn how to generate your own leads, which was what Julie yes. said. Earn while you learn. That's don't right. don't think that you have to learn everything in our coaching program before you earn. We want you going out there and role-playing and practicing with the prospective sellers. We want you to learn while you're earning because you will learn a hell of a lot faster than if you're just essentially sitting behind a computer screen memorizing the scripts. Well, that's right. There's a lot of agents that got out of the business with a full brain but not a full bank account. There you go. So core skills that you should be building in this stage, improve your lead follow-up through the use of whiteboards and vital stats reports like we teach you in coaching. Follow the relentless lead follow-up rules, furiously fast lead follow-up. Some of you guys would increase your business 30 or 40% if you would just answer the phone and just call people back when they want you to call them back. Well, furiously fast lead follow-up, that's the funniest thing ever. Again, something we thought of years ago, (laughs) but that that is so true. Really, I mean, you get in the, if you're a brand new and you're listening to us for the first time, I'm going to give you the, the ultimate hack to being successful in real estate. You ready? Number one, have massive levels of energy and enthusiasm because most agents are essentially having no, they're, no personality or pulse. I'm trying to pull back on what I'd normally say. Exactly. They are personality less. They're like talking to a mortician. So that's number one. So if you have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, you're going to win. You will go on listing appointments competing with the veteran against the veteran agent, and the seller's going to list with you just because you had massive levels of energy and enthusiasm. And we're not showing 
up like you're entitled to the listing. Exactly. Number two, you have furiously fast lead follow-up. This is the hack for new agents. Be absolutely crazy and rabid uh, with any lead that you get. And it is a call. It is not a drip system. And again, you guys are getting into the business. A lot of you are being told, well, what you got to do now is you got to form a CRM. And you got to fill the CRM with a billion leads and you got to start dripping on your billions of leads. And eventually some of those billions of leads will actually start doing transactions. Well, why would you call them back if you could opt them in and wait and hope for the best? I mean, conceptually, that sounds really amazing, doesn't it? But do you know, listeners, that there has been gobs and gobs of research that have been done that has shown that essentially long-term lead follow-up is incredibly ineffective, especially now. And you go Google this and find this research out on your own. Matter of fact, this happened years ago. I wonder if you remember Mm -hmm. this. We had one of the leading CRM providers on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was having a conversation with them and I was interviewing them. And I knew from this uh, previous research that long-term lead follow-up is basically a waste of time. And I asked him about that. But I asked it in a way that he couldn't sidestep the question. I I said, what are the statistics and then essentially have you tracked you, know, you guys are very good at tracking numbers, so I'm sure you know the answer to this question. And I bet you know it down to the exact percent. That kind of thing is how I framed it. And I said, what percent of like long-term lead follow-up actually translates into a closed transaction? And then he spilled the beans. Mm-hmm. He said, basically, leads that are older than like 60 days old are completely useless. There's no sense in following up. And yet the CRM that he was co-owner of was uh, telling agents to send them videos, send them emails, drip on them, drip on them, drip on them. So he said this, he was incredibly honest, um, and I was really amazed, frankly. And then afterwards, he sent us a cease and desist, or no, no, he sent us a takedown notice asking us not to, because he went back and I sent him a replay of the podcast, and it was a video actually, and his partner says, what the hell? Why did you go and say that, (laughs) right? You're not- Publicly. Exactly. So this guy told the truth, and he ended up basically begging for us to take the interview down. Actually, I don't remember if we did or we didn't. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you got the truthiness part out. <laughs> well, but guys, that's really what yeah. you should be taking away. And yet how many of you right now are thinking, doggone it, I'm going to you know, subscribe to a CRM. I'm going to build this long uh, you know, drip campaign. You love the romance of the idea that there's going to all be these digital minions that are basically carrying the weight for you. And then you won't actually have to learn how to actually pick up the phone, pre-qualify and have real conversations. In other words, you're believing the lie. So why don't you stop believing the lie and accept the fact that if you want ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Look at the things in your life that you're most proud of. And I bet you none of those things arrived in your life easily. Not one. Nope. <laughs> Not what? That's ahead. right. So in order to go to the next stage, out of conscious incompetence, you have to fill your core skills, that toolbox, things like your pre-listing package, your listing presentation, buyer presentation, be able to track everything, be actually setting more appointments. The stimulus to do that, fear of loss. Your ego gets bruised by not being as good as probably you thought you were, especially in a changing market, shifting market. It's a good time for a recalibration of goals for the sake of keeping your motivation high. Remember, knowledge equals confidence. The agent often realizes that to do more deals, they have to upgrade their skills. This is when they come to coaching where they say, you know what? I am stuck 
at eight million a year. I figured out how to do five to eight million a year for the past three years, but I cannot break through. What do I need to do? So here's what most agents do. It's the second thing you said. Ego bruised for not being as good as you thought. Most agents would never admit that they weren't as good as they thought ever. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to lie to themselves about why they lost. The other agent told them a lower commission. The other agent told the seller a higher price. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. You're going to come up with a long litany of excuses as to why you did not earn the business. The reason that the seller or the buyer chose you or chose the other agent over you was because the other agent was in some way more appealing to them, probably from a skills base, probably because they knew how to solve the problems or they were able to have a more elegant, eloquent conversation with the seller about how they were going to solve that seller's particular problems. You guys get it? Selling a home, buying a home is a problem that you are being paid to solve. That's how you can think of it. You're a problem solver ultimately. That's right. So you can stay in this stage forever if you let your ego run the show and you continuously throw those excuses out there, or you can embrace the fact that, you know what, maybe you have a pre-listing package, but it's like everybody else's in your office and it's not working for you. You've got to upgrade everything. So that's the challenge is to work on this and to get some help. This again is why we have coaching. So then the stage, go ahead. So this is to be a great opportunity for you guys to join Premier Coaching, especially since it's free. And we made it very easy for you to join Premier Coaching now. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372. Go ahead and do that now. Text the word Premier to 47372, and you'll have immediate access to Premier Coaching. It is free for the first 30 days. But in the first 30 days, when you look at the website, you're going to see all the things that are included in the first 30 days. The one thing that I hopefully you're really paying attention to is, yes, you get a daily semi-private coaching call. And you're going to everywhere, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Holidays, you know, we're going to take some time off, but just keep that in mind. Join Premier Coaching now. It is free. Um, There's no obligation. And this is going to be the very thing that a lot of you have been searching for to give you a sense of direction in your business. Text the word Premier to 47372, or you can just go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com. Remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. Okay, so on to the third stage, which is conscious competence. And I have to say, from a coaching standpoint, this is probably my favorite spot to get you guys to and then really watch you thrive. So this is conscious competence. This is where you understand or actually know how to do something. However, demonstrating the skill or knowledge does require your concentration. It might be broken down into steps, and there is a heavy conscious involvement in executing that new skill. Here's an example. Pre-listing package and listing presentation are actually polished. You know how to present. You understand and you value the upgrades and you're getting success, but now it's time to monetize that skill and your presentation upgrades. Your stimulus to learn is more income, attaining your goals, moving up to the next level, making a huge leap, upgrading those goals. The agent will usually become curiously motivated now to set more appointments because they're more fun. They're fulfilling. They have a predictable outcome. This is like when they learn their objection handlers, right? They cannot wait for somebody to throw them an objection because they know what to do. Imagine being on a phone call as soon as you're done listening to today's podcast with a seller. The seller, the lead's going to show up in your life because a whole bunch of variety. Let's just say, for example, it's a referral from a past client, right? So you have a listing opportunity. You have no connection to this seller. You know the market. You might even know the house. You're excited about this listing. You know it's going to sell itself. What's your process? You don't have one, do you? 
you're going to say, well, okay, I'll be out there tomorrow at six. And you're not going to ask the seller anything. You're not going to pre-qualify. You're not going to get that listing. You didn't send a pre-listing pack. You didn't have a formal listing presentation. Seven-step presentation. The no. seven-step listing presentation that we teach you in Premier Coaching. The seven-step listing uh, process, process, rather, that we teach you in coaching. You're not going to have any of those things. You're going to lose your opportunity to have that really kick-ass listing. Uh, and, you know, there you go. And that probably the age or the seller that referred you, that other seller will never refer you another lead again. You guys get it? Now, when you get to conscious competence, here's what happens. Not only are you excited about the opportunity to meet with, frankly, strangers and people you don't already have a relationship with, you're going to seek them out. When you have your listing presentation, it doesn't even have to, you can have it down 50%, frankly, and still win with our listing presentation. Mm -hmm. You have the pre-listing pack done. You follow the instructions in our pre-listing pack. You've done it correctly. You haven't, you know, tried to do it yourself or outthink it or be creative. You just follow the pre-listing pack exactly how we have it laid out for you in Premier Coaching. And again, you get that as far as Premier Coaching. What's the pre-listing pack? It's your silent salesperson. It does a lot of the selling for you prior to going to the seller's house. You send all these things. You pre-qualified. You know what the seller thinks it's worth. You know the seller's time frame. You know all the things that are necessary for you to win that listing. You are so damn excited because you know it's your game to lose. You know exactly how to get that listing. You know all the right things to say. You know you've essentially already gotten that listing prior to you even getting there because of your pre-listing pack and your pre-qualifying. That is conscious competence. That's when you start going to the next level. But you have to earn the right to feel that way by having moved past your ego's reluctance to learn. You have to admit that you don't know anything. That's going to be where most of you, frankly, are going to fall off. And then move, as soon as you move past that and you're opening your mind to actually learning, that's the hack. So when you get to conscious competence, as fast, get there as fast as you can. Stop the ego fighting the back and the forth. Stop looking for excuses and shortcuts. And when you actually are willing to become the best version of yourself as a real estate sales professional, there are no limits to what you can accomplish in life. This is where the momentum actually kicks in, right? This is when you get excited. This is when calling people back, right? You know, furiously fast lead follow-up is not a problem because you're anxious and excited to actually show up. It's where you're not living in fear of objections. You're not avoiding the close because you know how to handle both of those things. That's really exciting. So the challenge at this point, when you get into momentum and it becomes more predictable and duplicatable, this is sometimes when agents will come into our coaching because they hit a time management issue. Now they're setting a lot of appointments. They've got a lot of spinning plates. They're not sure how to handle all of this. They don't want to fall back into unconscious incompetence. They know that that's there because they just lived through it, but they also are a little bit panicked in terms of their time management. So the best coaching clients are either this phase, conscious competence, because they're wanting to take their skill set yep. to the next level, or conscious incompetence. The worst ones are the ones that are unconsciously incompetent because they Agreed. just want to fight and argue the whole time, which we won't do. Nope. That, that's not part of our, our, our coaching program. It really is basically trying to... It, there's three kinds of agents and Julie and I are in a boat and we're, we're saving, Hey, listen, this is a lifeboat. Okay. We're in the lifeboat. The water's cold. There's sharks in the water. There's people all around us. We're in this lifeboat and you can hear us. Everyone can hear us. There's no noise. The wind's not blowing and we're shouting, swim towards us. We'll pull you in the boat, swim towards us. We're here to save you. We're ready to pull you up. The boat is, you know, we have towels in here. You can be dry, swim towards us. And here's what we're seeing. Some agents are swimming away. 
and they're swimming away and you can kind of, they're saying, I'm going to go find another boat. There are no other boats. I'm going to go look for an island. There are no other islands. I'm going to go, you know, figure out my own way to make my own boat while I'm swimming here in the water. I'm going to reinvent how to swim. Exactly. I mean, I'm going to befriend the sharks and I'm going to have the sharks. I'm going to ride a shark like a surfboard. I'm going to build a fish team. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to order a fish team. Exactly. Oh, okay. So that's some some agents. Those are the agents that are swimming away from us. Those agents we cannot help. And there's some agents that are swimming in circles. They're swimming in circles. We can see them swimming in circles. They can hear us. Treading water in circles, swimming in circles, treading water. What should I do? Should I swim towards the boat? Should I swim away from the boat? I want to think about it for a while. I'm going to think about it for a while. I'm going to get ready to get started. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to buy some leads. I'm going to work on my branding. I'm going to work, figure out how to do some TikTok videos. I'm going to do all that. They're going to swim in circles and they're going to swim in circles. And eventually one or two things are going to happen. They're going to run out of energy and they're going to sink to the bottom and come shark food, or they're going to, um, and that happens too, if you, if they swim away or they're going to swim towards the boat and we're going to save them. And most of you, if we're being honest, that's you. You're swimming in circles. You're looking for shortcuts. You're trying to, you're trying to think that somehow, some way, magically, it's like Zoe, right? Mm-hmm. Our nine-year-old, almost nine-year-old. And she's like, uh, you know, I'm an expert. She'll do one thing well. And next thing we know, we hear about it for the next two weeks and how she's just yeah. a natural born expert, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You guys with kids probably know what I'm talking well, about. She watches a video and she thinks she can surf. There's like the matrix plugging it into the back of her head. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's called unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. The only problem is, is there are quite a few things that she's naturally good at. I know. It, <laughs> so, it muddies the water. So it? she's got little kid ego problems. It's true. Yeah. But that aside, so there's some people that are swimming in circles. They finally get tired. Tired, they swim towards the boat. They say, and we get a lot of people in the coaching program that said, I tried this coaching program. I tried that coaching program. This didn't work. That didn't work. And yet they've been listening to this podcast for years. And we've always been saying the same thing. We don't change our message. Never will. <laughs> we won't. And that you didn't like what we said four years ago because you didn't want us to, you didn't want to be put in a situation where you had to do what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. Well, guess what? The world's changed as it always does. Things have gotten a lot harder as it always does. And the people with low skills to no skills are what? Suffering. Those are the ones swimming in circles. So those are the, that's the second classification of agents. And the other ones that are in this uh, previous phase, as Julia was just relating to all of you guys, the consciously competent phase. Those are the ones that are swimming towards us and want to get on the boat. Those are the ones that are, if so, again, if you're looking for a shortcut to success, if you're looking for a way to save it so you don't have to save yourself years, years of unneeded suffering, get to the point where you're willing to accept that you don't know and align yourself with somebody as fast as you can who's going to get you to where you want to be before you align yourself with anybody and listen to them and take advice from them. You better sure as hell uh, have done your research on who that person is that you're listening to. Otherwise, you're going to be in that water, sure as you know, and swimming against the sharks again and swimming in circles. And that's what a lot of you have done. You've gone from one episode of I'm going to do by referral, and I'm going to just focus on that. I'm going to focus on branding. I'm going to focus on buying leads. I'm going to form a team. I'm going to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. Be- and what are you skipping? The real work of real estate. And you know that's where your greatest levels of success are. So if you find yourself swimming in circles, you know it. You can feel it because you're looking for the next easy button. You're looking for shortcuts. If that's you, I would strongly suggest before you run out of time and you sink to the bottom that you actually decide to swim towards the boat so we can get you going in the right direction. Now, I want to prove to you what I'm saying is true. 
our first year in real estate, and this was when in our early 20s, and we really had basically no experience selling, not in a formal way like real estate. We sold over 100 homes. How did we do it? We followed our own advice. We actually went to people who were already selling real estate at a high level, and we would pay them typically three to $5,000. This is before coaching, and we would shadow them for a day. Those of you guys have been in the industry for a while, you know what I'm talking about. And that's what we did. Well, we were conscious of our incompetence, right? We yep. knew at least to do it at a high level. And we talked about that at the beginning of this podcast, to actually take it seriously and not be one foot in, one foot out and trying it out. To really do what we wanted to do in this business, we had to figure out what it was. Why, why are all these people doing that much business? So we went and we found out and we duplicated their systems and then we upgraded and we used them. We tried some things out, what was working, what wasn't working. That's part of being conscious of your incompetence. And without doing that, You'll never find conscious competence. It's impossible to skip that step. Just be unbelievably careful who you listen to. And if you're looking to hire a coach or anybody for advice, take them through these four filters, right? So if you're looking to hire a real estate coach, especially those of you who are listening to us or watching us on YouTube right now, and you're, there's other people that claim to be coaches, run them through these four filters before you decide to listen to what they're saying. And I'm not saying what they're saying is necessarily bad. I'm just saying you deserve to make sure you're making the right decision. Otherwise, you're going to be back in that water again. Here it is. Number one, have you had a real estate license? And there are a lot of people out there trying to sell you guys information about how to be successful in real estate that's never actually sold real estate before. So if someone hasn't had a real estate license and they're telling you how to be successful in real estate, I think everyone will probably agree that that's probably not somebody you should be listening to. You can do better. So the next question is, once you find somebody who's had a real estate license, have they sold at least 100 homes in a year? So if you found if you find somebody who's a, you know saying that they're a real estate coach or trainer, they have a license, they've sold over 100 homes in a year, that that's a really damn good start. That should be the baseline if anyone you'll even give two seconds of your time to. The third rule, and these are really the filters you should consider putting everyone through. The third rule is, did they sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Why does the five years in a row matter? Because Guys, believe it or not, there are a lot of people that sell 100 homes in one year, never do it again. They list a subdivision. They list a bunch of builder specs. They list a bunch of lots. A they building. Do a building, exactly. Something like that. In other words, they did not do it like most of you will do it, which is one seller, one buyer at a time. So filters again. We're getting to point number four. We're getting to filter four. It, first one is, do they have a real estate license? If no, do not pass go. Have they sold at least 100 homes in, in one year? If yes, move to the next question. Did they sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? If yes, then go to the last question. And this is where 99% of all of the people who call themselves coaches and trainers fail. And they know it. And they don't want you to know it. They're hoping and praying you don't ask this question. How many paid coaching calls have you done for real estate agents? Now, here's the bottom line. Paid coaching call. You guys heard me earlier say Julie was a professional musician because she was getting paid. Somebody is going to tell you, they're going to tell you when you ask a question, they're going to say, I have presented in front of, they're going to obfuscate the question. They're going to try to change the nature of your question. I have so many people that are subscribing to my YouTube channel. I have so many people that have watched me on stage. I am a coach because I used to present in my KW office. No, you are not. You are a trainer at best. And there's nothing wrong with trainers. There's a lot of great trainers. Just understand, if you're paying someone to be a coach, hire a coach. So here's filter number four. Have they provided at least 100,000, 100,000 paid coaching calls? And if they have not, you can do better. And I'll tell you right now, 
to save you from having to go through asking all the pseudo coaches out there, whether they're real coaches and asking these four questions, because most of them will never answer those four questions. Um, in the industry, there are probably only maybe five of us, maybe four of us that have actually meet all the meet or exceed those criteria. Some of them work for us as our hair certified coaches. Yes. And so that's them how work we know. Us. Right. And because we actually ask those questions. You guys have to be more discerning who you listen to. You, you, you have some health problem. Are you going to go to the, your neighbor who's, you know, basically roofs houses and ask him for his advice. And he's going to tell you something that he heard on TV 10 years ago on, you know, you guys get the point. Of course not. So you have to be more discerning. So if you're finding yourself going in the wrong direction, it's probably because you took advice from maybe a well-meaning person that was not competent to be providing you really meaningful advice because they never actually did it or did it at a high level. Respect yourself and your potential and own and demand, insist upon only hiring people that earned the right to be your real estate coach. That's right. One of our newest coaching clients actually told me, he said, you know, I could tell within one call with your coaches, the difference between somebody who had not just been licensed, not just sold real estate, but also as a professional coach. And I, I thought that was a great compliment. Well, that's the reason this is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the United States. <laughs> There's that. Because people <laughs> say it all the time. You listen yeah. to us and they'll listen to something else. And everyone else wants to talk about the latest way to buy leads or the latest this, that, and the other thing. You know, they're all yeah. mini Gary Vanderchucks, basically. Now, the fourth level of competence or learning, which is amazing. And hopefully you guys will allow yourselves to experience this in many different facets of your life. That's unconscious competence. The individual has had so much practice with the skill, it's become second nature, and it can be performed easily. As a result, the skill can be performed while executing another task. The individual might be able to teach it to others, depending on how and when it was learned. They have a predictable and duplicatable outcome. The example, many of the grizzled veterans, they take almost 100% of listings they go on. They have polished scripts, polished skills, polished presentation. They negotiate professionally, and they're good or great at the core skills. The main thing is they don't have to think. They're operating on autopilot. Yes. It requires virtually everything that comes out of their mouths, and you guys know people like this. Hopefully, you might be someone like this in some facets of your life. Whatever you say is expert level, as Zoe would say. Well, it's because they've done a whole lot of doing what they didn't want to do when they didn't want to do it at the highest level over and over and over and over and well, over, and they increased the skill as they went. What is it? Edison said you have to basically try, try and fail at least 10,000 times. That's right. I've heard different people saying yep. different variants of that. But really, to be really, you can be a flash in the pan for a year or two, but to really earn the right to be truly successful, to have unconscious competence, guys, it takes decades. <laughs> That's the unfortunate truth. It yeah. takes decades. Well, I'm just laughing because I'm remembering to the story at the top about being a musician, right? And I used to hate practicing scales, like the plague, so boring and so many of them and so complicated. Everyone was different. Then when you mastered one set of scales, guess what? They laid another 12 on you, which were completely different with different patterns and different rules. And you know what? Then you got tested on it. We had to do juries in front of people that, where they would imagine if you had to do a listing presentation in front of a panel of our coaches and you couldn't go on to the next level. You weren't allowed to go to your next listing unless you got a really good score on that. That's what that was like. So that was in music. That was doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it and having to do it at a high level. Otherwise, you're never going to get a good gig. And let, let's drill down on something. You told me this, and it's, I think it's very inspirational to a lot of people listening. You had a, when you were a kid, 
you were uh, taking piano and flute lessons from the same lady. Uh She was a good flute teacher, but she was an amateur, not great piano teacher. Yes. That was kind of like her side hustle. Okay. And you were, you should, when learning, I'm not a musician, so I'm just, you're going to have to fill in the gaps here, right? Yeah. So it's always good to learn piano first because it's a good foundational instrument to learn. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, but she taught you nothing but hacks. Hacks and shortcuts. Yeah, but I didn't know it at the right. time because I was a kid. So she may have been a good flute teacher, but she was a hackish piano teacher. Exactly. And I and flute was my main thing too. So how would I know the difference about and, piano? And you never, but you discovered it. And when oh you God. and I were in a living in Las Vegas, uh-huh. I remember you were on a quest to learn because you we bought, you know, you had a baby grand piano mm-hmm. and you were on a quest to really learn how to play piano. Yeah. You did not know how act, absolutely hacked up your music education had become until you hired somebody that you can pick it up from there. Professional, like, you know, really professional, honest to God, didn't just go to Juilliard, but graduated from Juilliard as a piano performance major and was working all over the world in Cirque du Soleil with his own piano show, right? So definitely not a hack. But I didn't really appreciate that until he was teaching me the way he was taught at Juilliard, okay? And it was painful. I, I mean, it's the reason I don't take lessons from him today is it was, I mean, that's something I have to be super duper duper committed to because every lesson I would realize, oh, well, if I had just learned it the right way in the first place, gosh, my life would be a hell of a lot easier and guess what I would be able to play. But no, I learned from a hack who I didn't even realize was the, the queen of the workaround, right? And I have to say too, doing math with Zoe, you know, she's in third grade and they're doing a lot of uh, more and more complicated things every day. The way that they're learning today, and we talk about this a lot, you know, with those of us who have kids in that level, the way they're taught today, they learn like five different ways to solve a problem. And some of them are a lot faster than what we learned. Some of them are a lot more logical, but the end result is when they're presented with something, they've got this toolkit, just like we teach in real estate, right? I mean, the past 10, 15 years, you've needed maybe one or two or three really good tools that you use every day. You had to kind of be competitive when you're on the buyer side. Okay. But now you, when you're pursuing being a listing agent, you need that toolkit. Just like Zoe's math brain is going to be that much more robust because she's presented with something. Well, she can do it this way or she can do that way. You know, she doesn't just have to get out her iPhone and hope that it's going to figure out the one way she learned. Right. Same thing with, as a musician, you can make these analogies to pretty much anything. I would be, uh, I, I have to say that a lot of our listeners do have conscious competence on the buyer side. There's things in life, there's things in business where you can be really competent at one thing and have almost no competence at something else. You're not going to be at the same levels on the same skills all the time. Well, it's like you said in our book, Julie, working with buyers is physical labor. In, in other words, it does not require a lot of skill. And working with sellers is mental labor. Yes. It requires a lot of skill. Exactly. But all the money is on the skill side of the business. All the money is working with for sellers. For good reason. Exactly. And so here's the real, if you guys are, again, looking for a way to uh, experience ever-increasing levels of success, you have to align yourself with people that have proven their ability to actually deliver you up that mountain, right? And many of you are not doing that. You're aligning yourselves with hacks, basically. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pay the price of that into the future. You're going to, maybe, maybe if you stay in real estate long enough, you're going to realize that you are essentially being taught or you're following somebody that didn't really know what the hell they were doing in yep. the first place. And as a result in you basically not knowing what you're doing. And now you have to go back and you have to relearn everything. And that takes a lot of 
frankly, a lot of humility to admit that you don't know what you think you don't know. It's harder. It's a, it's a lot harder yeah. to go back because you're not just having to learn it the right way. You're having to erase the wrong way. And that's actually a lot more work. But that's what it takes. If So again... The, so don't wait is the, the bottom line. The premise is a lot of you are hoping to have success as fast as you can. And you can. You have can have success a lot faster than in real estate, maybe more so than anything else you've ever done in your life before. Maybe you've never really been unconsciously competent about anything in your life. It's entirely possible because a lot of people go through their lives only just being average and never actually really drill, drilling down. I get it. But now you want to actually become the best at something. Don't waste time with people that are going to teach you hack of shortcuts. Don't waste time looking for shortcuts. Don't pop onto different Facebook groups and asking for advice on how to do this and how to do the other thing. Why are you acting like that when your mission is to become the best version of yourself as a real estate professional? Like I said, those are the people that are swimming away from us. We're looking for the people that are at least, you know, done swimming in circles and obviously the ones that are swimming towards us already. That is what Premier Coaching is for. So if that is you, join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Get to the point where you are excited. You don't have to have passion, guys. You're not necessarily needing to be passionate about real estate or really anything that you, you know, you don't have to have passion to become the best at anything. It is a huge bonus if you do, if you can be in real estate for a long period of time and have passion for it in the truest sense of the word, well, you're a unicorn, but I promise you that's abnormal. There's not a lot and not abnormal in a bad way. Don't, you know, but the reality of it is, is you don't have to feel that way to be successful at something. You just have to allow yourself to get to the point where you have unconscious competence, where what you say and what you do happens intuitively without you thinking. Whatever words flow out of your mouth, you're almost like... Wow, that was really good. Where I don't. Where did that come from? I mean, you you guys have heard Julie and I. We have little moments like that on this podcast mm-hmm. where we'll say something and we'll look at each other like we need to write that down. Exactly. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Let's go listen to that again. It's because we've yeah. done over two thousand podcasts. Because Julie and I, between the two of us, have done hundreds of thousands of coaching calls. Because we don't have to think to do this work, and so things get easier. And then, the, frankly, uh, the key is, and this is something we should share with them since we're way over time anyway. Yep. The problem is, is when you're at unconscious competence, it's very easy to become complacent because you just essentially are on autopilot and you stop challenging yourself to go to the next level. It's actually the danger zone. You would think that it would be the pinnacle of your real estate existence. And it is fun for a while until you start getting tinges of being bored or you get complacent because you have been so good for so long that maybe you don't upgrade your technology. Maybe you don't upgrade your skills. Maybe you're not that competitive anymore. And and what happens is, you can fall victim to that same thing that happened in that first stage where you somehow got your butt kicked and you're not quite sure how. Now all of a sudden you're going to form a team. You're going to do all these other things. Because you're bored. Because you're bored, right? You're Oh, someone told me the next natural level in my real estate business is for me to start adding staff. Well, I don't really know why the hell I want to add a bunch of buyer agents, but whatever. This book told Expansion me. Expansion team. Yeah, I need to do it. Right. So why don't you guys stop and re- get re- realigned with what your original financial motivation was to get into real estate. And wasn't it to experience freedom? Wasn't it to have enough money coming in as net profit from your real estate business that you can then reinvest that money and you can build passive uh, sources, vehicles that produce passive income for you. 
Again, this is a chapter in our book, but your motivation for real estate should always be to help other people. And when you are, if you have, if you're tuned into that frequency, then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to want to earn, you're going to want to learn the skill set so you can earn the right to be uh, of service to those folks, right? And then when you do that, you're going to start making a lot of money. But making a lot of money by itself is great, but it's not the same as making a lot of net income. There's a lot of agents, a lot of teams that sell a lot of homes and make a lot of money. And some of you guys celebrate these folks' success, and God bless them if that's their mission, but they don't have anything really to show for it. It's markets like this that expose all those folks that have unprofitable businesses. So you have to get to the point where you're in alignment with what your highest and truest purpose is. And when you do, you start transcending to levels of success and experiences in your life that maybe you haven't even dreamed of yet. But you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. If you want to shorten the path to become really successful, align yourself with proven systems, proven coaches, trainers, and mentors, proven real estate brokerages for that matter, proven to actually get you there quicker. Stop looking for the shortcut. It's making you broke. Guys, listen, we are in a blessed position in this business right now, in this industry, because of these times of change. You have to be in alignment with the market, what it has to give you. And the best way for you to do that is to learn the skills this market demands. We made it very easy for you. Absolutely costing you nothing to join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to premiercoaching.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.